Hello, I'm Sean McCangus, and this is season two, episode seventeen of the Highland League podcast. This week we speak to Keith Robertson. Keith used to play for Keith Cove, Vale, Peterhead, and our club. I hope you enjoy this interview. Keith, what got you first into football? I just was always going to play football. I think you know from an early age, my my dad obviously gave us a ball and you know I've got a little brother as well Colin who, who also played in the Highland League and you know I think the two of us always just wanted to play football and we always wanted to play football with each other and you know my dad would always take us to play football and you know it was a great way of growing up and learning you know it was before computers and playstations and things and you know I think we were just always out playing football and you know that's that's why I got into it because I just loved it I just loved the fact that I could score goals and even take a turn in goals if I, if, if, I, if I wanted to and you know the fascination when I was younger with Theo Snelders uh, he was he was a kind of idol I remember getting a Theo strip and Theo gloves and wanting to be a goalie for a stage uh, so yeah it didn't quite work out as planned I also didn't play in goals at all so um, how did your first move in terms of, of getting into the high league come about? Yeah, uh, what happened was I was basically playing boys club football. Uh, I got injured for a bit. Uh, I had to get a knee operation. So that was kind of a setback. I think 16 towards 17, I was out of the game for about a year. And I think at that point, everybody was sort of getting signed up by clubs and signed up by pro clubs. And I was kind of just... You know, looking for a team. I'd left my boys' club team. I was playing school football, and it just so happened that at that point, um, my dad kind of knew Martin Allen uh, from from Keith, and they invited me along to play in the Highland League Cup just at the end of the season. It was one of those ones where you know I think it was the end of the season that that year, and I just went and played. I think three or four games at the end there and you know just really enjoyed it and scored a few goals and, and thought it was great you know I, I didn't really know a little bit of Iron League at that point you know I was only 17 and I was so quite happy to go there but I mean before that I'd actually I had made one appearance in the Iron League before that I actually played for Cove when I was I think just 16 I think it was before I picked up an injury I, I played for Cove Doug Rugby was the manager and I'd been playing for Cove off and on and I'd been to their pre-season training and I'd been going along and playing a lot of Monday night games and it just so happened that I had been scoring quite a few goals for their under-21s and I played a game against Peter Head and it was just lucky that Doug Grigby was there and it was just one of those that I scored a hat-trick and he was like, well, you're going to come and play on uh, the Saturday, so we went up to Clack and and played for for Cove, and I went straight into the team. I didn't even expect to be on the bench, and I went straight in up front. I think it was Mike Beatty at the time, but John Hewitt was on the wing, and it was just all a bit bizarre because I was I was just I wasn't ready for it. I was I was young and I wasn't you know, strong enough. I was I was thrown around a lot, and I remember at the time thinking this was a huge jump from what I was used to, and. I think I played something like maybe 70 minutes or something and I just I just felt it was a proper Manny's game if that makes sense yeah. and I was a little boy and I think I made a mental note at that point I was like well if I ever do come back into this league then I'm going to make sure that I'm a lot stronger than I was when I, I sort of first came in 
and you know I think I think we won the game, but it was a it was a it was a good experience. But yeah, the, the, the Keith one came came later on, and I really enjoyed that sort of like spell just at the end of the season. Yeah. So 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 what was it like being in in a title winning team with with the sort of players like um, Darren Still and stuff? Do you know what? It was amazing. It was really, really amazing. And, you know, everybody always says, you know, you should enjoy these things and you should, you know, never forget them and you should always, you know, try and treasure them. And I think for me, it was because it was my first real season and I just kind of thought that was the norm. I kind of thought that this happened all the time and we had an amazing team and you know I, I played a little part in that we had guys in that team that had played for years and years for Keith and never won the anything and you know we had such a good team Ian Thane and goals I think was player of the year that year so, you know, so for a goalkeeper to get player of the, the whole season you know, it shows you how good he was but I mean you could have picked any of our team I mean still it was just immense I mean I remember a lot of the games that season we were maybe drawing or we were maybe behind and he would just do something to win the game and it almost it almost I thought that was just what he did and that's mm. you know it, only, it was only when you started playing with him you realised how special a player he was and you know I was lucky enough to play up front with Nicol Derek Nicol as well and you know he would just score a goal out of nothing and you know he would maybe be heading for a draw and then in the 95th minute he'd score a winner or still he would score a winner or you know, we just had a really good squad of players and I think the thing that really stands out probably is the fact that we all got on. You know, I've been in a lot of dressing rooms and there's always little cliques and there's always sort of little, you know, disagreements at training and, and don't get me wrong, there was there was still disagreements at Keith, but it was always everybody together, everybody having a drink after the game, everybody back on the bus. It was a real team spirit. The morale was brilliant. Training was really good fun, and it was just, you know, it was just a great bunch of guys. And you know, still to this day, we, you know, we keep in touch. And you know, you always look back, and you always talk about it. You know, actually, it was about maybe a month ago. I bumped into Ian Thane. He, he came in, came into my work, and we had a socially distanced five-minute chat, which which lasted about an hour. And it was just great talking about things because he remembered games that I didn't remember and I remembered things that he didn't remember. And, you know, he just it was just actually, it was an incredible time, you know, and I was, I was very young at that point. You know, I think I was just 18, I think it was. And, you know, I think winning your Highland League in your first season... You know, you just expect to just kick out, kick on from there, and it sort of maybe didn't quite happen the following season. Yeah. Um. So, so how great was it? Um. With the with the local connection, with your mum being from Keith and, and being in the history books in terms of the title winning team. Do you know what? It, it was actually really special. You know, I, I'm actually called Keith because of Keith, <laughs> and you know that's you know my mum also grew up in Keith and. You know, I think she she came in a lot of games. You know, even on like a random Wednesday night, you know, I'd look over and and she'd be the game, and you know, her dad would be there, and you know, I think I think they liked coming back up to Keith. You know, and you know, it was it was special. You know, because obviously my mum knew a lot of people from the town, and you know, it was you know a good family atmosphere, the whole club, and it's it's just a special club. You know, I look back on you know really good good memories of of that whole time there. Um, so you you went on to to have some trials at um 
parts and, and obviously um, Dundee you've mentioned it previously in our podcast um, so how did how did those come about and how did you find making the step up in terms of um, training and, and playing with um, better players and stuff yeah uh, that that was it was kind of roughly kind of about the same sort of time you know I think the, the hearts one was was you know, we had been playing boys' club football and there was a couple of us that went down from Aberdeen and we'd went and played a couple of tournaments and we'd been down to, down to I think it was Harry at Watt for a few training sessions and we got invited to this tournament we played Celtic and Kilmarnock and, you know, sort of top Premier League clubs. That was the bit where I think I realised that, although, I, you know, I was OK at, at that age group in, in Aberdeen, but when you went into a sort of Scottish group level... You sort of realised that that sort of step up was a big jump, if that makes sense. You know, I remember we played Celtic. Celtic were just you know, a different league above where we were at. And even just the little things like the dressing room. I remember being in the Hearts dressing room and, you know, people were fighting each other at half time and full time and, you know, proper physical fisticuffs <laughs> and shouting and screaming at each other. And, and, and that was, I think it was difficult for us because, or, or for me, because we'd went in sort of towards the end of the season I think and they'd been together for a year and you know you know it's like if a new boy joins and yeah. you know it's very difficult to integrate and that's where we were we were thrown at a deep end and asked to perform and it was one of those that, that just didn't work out and but there was other offers it was you know randomly I think Preston phoned at once wanting, mm. wanting me to go down for a trial and you know you know there wasn't a lot of huge interest you know I think I was generally a late developer as a footballer I think when I was younger, it was okay. I got injured, as I say, when I was about 16, and that, that you know, to get two operations, and that, that kind of knocked me back a bit. But I think as I came to 17, 18, you know, I think that's when I, I started to get a few options, and I was lucky enough to, to, be, to, to be picked to play for Scotland. And I think at that point, you know, you're, you're starting your centre-forward for Scotland, and I think that's when scouts start noticing you. Mm. And... I think we, we played Ireland, we played Wales, and then we played England at Tynecastle. And, you know, I'd, I'd done okay. And I, so I think it was it was either in the lead-up to the game or, or after a week later we played, I think we played the Army Select or the British, whatever it was. It was like another select team down in air. Yeah. And I remember, I, 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 think, I think it was four I scored that night. And I remember it was four goals that, you know, they weren't memorable, but I remember thinking that was four goals and, and I know there was a few scouts at the game and I thought maybe, I'll maybe have a chance or maybe somebody might invite me somewhere. And I think it might have been off the back that that that, that, that Dundee kind of got interested and, you know, we went down to, to St Johnston a few times and trained and it went OK. We played a few games and then, you know, it came to that and they, they, they were like, well, we'd be really interested to, to take you on and would you want to come for sort of pre-season and at that point I was like well absolutely you know I'm not going to turn that down that was a, a great opportunity for me you know I hadn't really got a career I hadn't really thought about what I was doing after school I just wanted to be a footballer and you know the fact Dundee were an hour down the road you know there was no interest from from Aberdeen it was the closest I was going to really get so that was that was my opportunity which, which didn't really work out but <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, 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 how how did you cope with um mi- missing out on the on the chance to go to Dundee? Did you manage to recover from it quite quickly, or or? 
I mean, I think I just had to. You know, I, I got a severe injury. You know, I was I was out for for a long time. It was, you know, I physically couldn't play football. You know, my ankles in a bad way. And I think at that age, or certainly I was at that age, I was I was bothered, but I, I wasn't really that bothered. I didn't really see the importance of it. You know, I was, you know, you're like when you're 18, you, you know, you're, you're like, well, I'll just go and do something else. I think if it had been later on in my career, I'd have been devastated. Don't get me wrong, I was devastated, but I just... Just had to go and do something else. So I had to go and look for a job. I had to look, you know, I had to get myself fit at one point. You know, I had to actually go and get, you know, you know I didn't get surgery, but I was out, out for a very long time. So you, you focus on that, and then you focus on where you want to go and play football and, and things like that. Yeah. Um. So, so how did the the move um to Peterhead come about? Yeah. So what happened there was I was. I, I well, I, I agreed to then go and join Keith. So I was at Keith, and we'd won the league, and you know, we played the following season. And I'd always had an agreement with the club that you know, should a, a club from a higher league come in and, and want to sign me, that they would just obviously let me go for nothing. And it was just a kind of gentleman's agreement. So Alan Lyons, Lenny, he left Keith. He was the assistant manager at Keith. He left to go to Peerhead, and. And, you know, I got I got on well with Lenny. I still got on well with Lenny, and you know, I think I was I was very young at that point. And he sort of took me under his wing, and, and and you know, passed on some some very valuable experience. And he went to Peterhead, and I think there was obviously some interest straight away that 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 I I wanted to go to Peterhead, and and they wanted to sign me. But it was it was less than straightforward in terms of. The, the clubs. Uh, I think I'd said to Keith that I wanted to leave, and uh, there was a there was a disagreement, and I, I didn't play football for a few months. You know, I didn't even get on the bench. I was training. I was stuck in reserves. It was pretty horrible. I, I didn't like it at the time, and I just wasn't playing. So it, it it came to a point where I still remember we had a game. We played Peterhead in a under twenty one game up at Peterhead, and it was a Monday night. And I was just, I was playing. It was only football I was getting, and uh, I did okay first half. I remember scoring two two good goals first half, and I remember coming off at half time, and I thought that might have really shown them a bit more about what it was about. You know, I, I definitely went in the game wanting to do well. It was one of those. I think I was I was running all over the shop and, and trying to, trying to win and head every ball. But I think I came off, and I remember at the time Doc. He's sadly no longer with us was our physio and he used to live around the corner from me and he basically sat me down and said look just don't go out for the second half he says just sit in you know you've got a tight hamstring you've done enough to get a move and and I, and I came off I came off at half time and right enough a day later they had agreed a deal and I was signed to Peterhead and I think I think I might have even played on the Saturday and scored. So it just shows you how things can change. You know, things completely change within a week. But I do remember that. I wished, I wished the ending at Keith would have been a bit better. I don't remember it being that enjoyable. You know, having gone from the highs of, of winning the league and then not playing, and you know, it was great to get the move to Peterhead. It was obviously higher up. It was a football league. It's what I wanted to do. But I don't know. I just, I maybe just didn't feel as, you know, the parting was as best as it as it could have been. But you know, listen. We've got I've still got some good relationships there, so yeah. Yeah, 
Um, so, so how did you find find the step up from Highland League to, to Football League? Yeah, a lot of people ask me this, and the biggest thing for me as a striker is you just don't get as many chances to score. Mm. That's simple. You know, in the Highland League, you can you can play some teams and sometimes walk away with four or five goals and and still miss a few. In the in the in the football league, you could probably maybe get one or two chances a game sometimes, and that's it. And if you don't take them, you don't score and you're out the out the team. If that makes sense. So that's the thing that struck me the most was the chances or the ratio of chances. That makes sense. The the standard was good. We played against some really good teams. We played against Gretna a few times when when they were on their way up. So that was always interesting because they had players that. Shouldn't have been playing in that league. Places yeah. <laughs> you've been playing in the Premier League. Uh, and I remember going down there, and you were like, "That was just probably the start of there, so I rise to mm. to stardom." But I still remember that. And you're, you, we played Morton a few times as well, and you know these are big, big teams, and they were they were well supported. And you know I was going from playing the Highland League to a few hundred people. I mean, at that time, I think Peterhead would have had eight, nine hundred fans at a home game, and away games. If you're playing some of the big teams, you're talking some you know a couple of thousand sometimes uh so that was really good and i think just the training the training was a different different level you know the players there were all really experienced you know at certain times we had guys that had played in the premier league and really really top pros and i think that was the thing at training and i'm not saying it was a kind of laugh at, at, in the highland league and you can get away with things and 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 certainly Peterhead, it was very serious and very, you know, the drills were to be done properly, and you know I can understand that. And I think sometimes I I did feel that maybe some of the players took it a bit too seriously at times. If that makes sense. Yeah. I still laugh a bit now with some of the guys, <laughs> some of the things. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um. So what what do you remember about your your Peterhead debut? I remember that this is a this is a strange one. I remember I was actually on the Friday night. This is a really weird one. I haven't told the story for a long time, but I was actually I was babysitting bizarrely, bizarrely enough for my boss. <laughs> and you know this is also a long time ago, but I was just I was I was looking after their kids. They were, they were older at the time, and I remember thinking oh, I've just got you know I was I was excited. I was obviously going up, and I wasn't expecting to play. And you know the Saturday came along and. You know, you got that nervous energy meeting the meeting the exhibition centre, shirt and tie on, and I knew a couple of the guys, but I didn't know a lot of them. And you know, going up, I was like, oh, I'll be great just to meet people and say hello. And that, that didn't really transpire because I was thrown thrown straight on the bench. You know, I was I was said like, you're going on the bench. I was like, fine, I was happy with that. I was delighted. And then I think, you know, obviously warm up half time, you, you sort of came to the later stages of the game and. I think Ian was like, go out and warm up, you're, you're going on. And I was like, oh, Christ, I guess I'm going on. So it's one of those sort of nervous, excited moments where I was excited to go on, but I was also nervous at the same time. You know, I didn't know the players. I didn't really know how they played. I didn't know any set pieces or anything. I was just thrown on. So I was thrown on, I think, with maybe 15, 20 minutes to go. You know, the usual young lad running around. And, you know, I think it was maybe five minutes to go. I remember the ball coming across and... It was one of those sort of poacher, sort of back post jobbies for the striker, and I came across and luckily enough I was there at the right time and I remember just hitting it and it went in and it was that sort of moment where I was like I didn't 
just everything sort of slowed down and there was fans behind the goal and it was just I think it was just a good start you know also I was just the new signing scoring your debut it sort of doesn't get any better than that and that sort of just automatically threw me in with the team so it couldn't have really gone any better yeah. Um, so, so what sort of um, who were the big characters in the in the changing room at that time? Big characters. I mean, it, it kind of evolved over time. I mean, we we really had a really strong Aberdeen base uh, at the start. You know, you, you think back, it was obviously predominantly a team that had came through the Highland League, so there was a lot of Aberdeen based players, and we had a really strong nucleus. We had you know, sort of Greg Smith, Ross Buchanan, MJ. Andy Roddy was there as well, Kevin Bizet, Scotty Clark, you know, so we had a really good local team and we got on really, really well. And, you know, by the time you throw in like Robbie Rayside into the mix, who was just who was just absolutely hilarious some of the times. We had really, really bizarre guys on loan from like Dundee United and places like that. And these guys were just and for me bizarre you know he was just a, some of the dressing room pranks that just went on was just ridiculous with Paul Mathers the goalkeeper he was he was absolutely brilliant he also had Ian Stewart who'd been there done that and he was very very, very cool and calm but he was also very tricky as well he'd also like to play a joke as well and it was just really good fun you know I think you know we just had a lot of, I think we had the good mix you know the away trips were always fun uh, I think a couple of away trips we had the Gretna and things and we I mean looking back we used to stay down in Glasgow pretty much every second weekend and we had a game down there and mm. if you think about that now you know we were sort of third division second division you know mm. putting up the whole team and staff in a hotel prior to the match and you know I was going from having to get up at like five in the morning to go and play whip now, now we're sort of going down, sort of getting afternoon off work and going down and, and staying overnight in a hotel and things. And this was just, it was brilliant, absolutely fantastic. But yeah, we had a good mix of dangerous characters and, and <laughs> sensible characters. And I think it, I was at that age where I was kind of hoping to blend in the background a bit. <laughs> so were you in between? <laughs> I think I was in between. I think I, I was at an age where I wasn't really that experienced in terms of knowing what the dressing room was about I'd also played a little bit but I think when you step into that dressing room of guys that had played in the Premier League and things like that and it's just a different level and you're never quite sure what you can get away with and what you can't get away with but it was always that fallback of the, the sort of Aberdeen local boys were kind of a strong nucleus and you know towards the end of the, my time there there was obviously a really strong link up with Dundee and you know, I think they farmed out pretty much most of their sort of under twenty ones to Peterhead, and I think that's where it sort of it fell over a little bit because it wasn't as enjoyable. We lost a lot of local guys, and we were training up in Aberdeen, and they were training in Dundee, and you don't meet them on a Saturday. And with guys from Stirling, with one guy used to to live in Ayrshire, so he used to travel up for the game, so you'd never see him, and then he'd go straight in, and I think that. That was difficult, I think, for a few of us that would trained all week, had played maybe the season before, and then all of a sudden, some guy who's played for Air United or whoever it was mm. just jumped straight in in front of you. I think that was hard to take for for a lot of us. But you know, the club was obviously on a rapid path going up the way, and they had to to do what they they had to do or what they felt was right. Yeah, that that seems to have been quite a common thing these days with your teams like your Elgins and your. 
and your Peter Hedge recruiting central belt players rather than rather than northeast players. Yeah, and do you know what? It it sometimes works and it sometimes doesn't work. I mean, are are the players in the central belt better than the players up in the north? I don't think they are. I mm-hmm. think there's more of them. Yeah. I just think that you know certainly that's the model that that Peter Head adopted at the time. And you know, I certainly know from having played in the Highland League, there was guys in the Highland League who were just as good. You know, they could have dipped into the Highland League and went right. Let's just take such and such, such and such, and and get them in. I remember Cammy Keith. I mean, Cammy mm. Keith was absolutely banging the goals in. And you know, the, the debate was like, well, why don't you just get Cammy into Peter Head? And you know, he'd score all these goals. And you know, I think I mean, it wasn't for me to say how to run the club. But I think that's what they decided to do was was try and link up with Dundee and. And do it that way. Yeah. Um. So, so you had a spell at um Devon Vale, am I right? Um. So how how was how was that? Well, I went to Cove first. Mm. <laughs> I went. I left Peterhead and went to Cove. Uh, I'd I'd sort of I'd taken on a job which sort of prevented me from sort of being there as much as I could for for Peterhead, and I was honest with Ian Wilson and just said, look, I'm I'm not going to be around as much and. That was pretty much my career finished at, at, at Peterhead. Not not through any fault of Ian or, or Lenny. That was that was kind of me. I kind of knew that I wasn't able to sort of devote that as much attention. So I went and signed for Cove, which at the time we didn't have a very good team at Cove. I don't think. Well, well, we didn't. <laughs> we, we were we were getting beat by you know some. I think we got beat by Fort William one year, and it was certainly a, a work in progress. I think and. You know, I went along and I met Keith Moorhouse and I remember, I remember the game I went to, it was a Saturday and I went along just to see the club and meet the players and meet the management and, and etc. And I think they were playing Lossy Mouth and I think it was something like 7-3, I think the game was Cove and I think BT scored 6, I think it was or something. And I remember turning around to Keith Moorhouse and I was like, well, what's the point of me signing if you've got a guy here that scored six goals? And, you know, I was... I remember saying, I was like, well, I'm, I'm never going to be as good as Beats. And, you know, I remember, I was like, I enjoyed it. I'd been at Cove before. I knew a lot of the people there. I loved the pitch there. And, you know, I think you know, there's a lot to be said for playing for an Aberdeen team. You know, it's, it's so local. So, yeah, that was that was my chance. So I went, I went and signed for Cove, which was really, really enjoyable. I loved it there. absolutely loved it playing there. Yeah. So what what do you make of um how they've done so far? Because they've done really well in terms of getting promoted to to League One, and I think it's fantastic. You know, I love it. You know, I just think it's brilliant that you've got a club, you know, sort of against all odds, sort of thing, and and you're sort of just going from the higher league and just keep going and surprising everybody. I think it's just fantastic. You know, it's obviously a, an old club of mine. You know, I still really you know have a good affection for the club. You know. I just love seeing the fact that they're going and just beating all these teams and, and really upsetting the odds. And, you know, they've built a fantastic stadium. They've got a fantastic manager. They've acquired well. They've got some fantastic players there. And, you know, it's just a great story, really. And I just hope, you know, it continues to, to, to go on. Yeah. How, how great is it, like, stories like that in terms of showcasing, like, northeast football? Because sometimes you get overlooked um, with the central belt and stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's really important. You know, there's a lot, a lot of good teams up here. And, you know, the, the, the Cove story is sort of, I guess, 
perked everybody's interest and went, oh wow, that's another team from up north. Or you know, I think you, you look back at the Scottish Cup games. You know, everybody sort of looks up at the north teams and they're like, oh, it's just a north team. But you know, you look at Brora, you look at Cove, you know, you look at you know the tough places to go like Fraserburgh and Bucky, and you know, teams don't enjoy coming up here. <laughs> that's that's the fact of it. You know, the fact that we can you know actually you know put out some really good teams and you know the Cove thing's absolutely great you know Barora has, has been fantastic you know I love watching all the games all the Scottish Cup games seeing them playing against these teams and I you know I'll back the Highland League and, and the North teams every day of the week yeah um, so after that you you went to Devonvale is that right now? <laughs> yeah it is yeah how did you find that um, especially playing under Greg Carroll I I do you know what it was? It was different for me. Uh, I shouldn't have left. By the way, first of all, I shouldn't have left Cove. Mm. Uh, I, I took the wrong decision. You know, I, it was one of those where I was out of contract. I'd been offered a contract by Cove. I'd went back and said I wanted something else. And then at that point, Greg had wrote to the club and said that he was going to offer a contract to me and Gary Clark at, at, at the end of the season. And I remember it were. Playing, I think we played. I think it was Clark at home, and I remember John Shearing came up to me in Gaza before the game and said, "Look, are you are you going or are you staying?" And we sort of both hesitated, and we both obviously had talks. And he was like, "Well, that's it. Then you're gone." And we hadn't even said yes or no, and he, he threw us out. He threw us out on the spot, out of the out of the changing room, out of the game, and that was our decision made up for us. So. So we went to, I went to Devonvale, you know, I enjoyed it. I had known a lot of the guys. I think the thing that didn't really help me, I don't think, is I went away that summer for work. I went away for Can. I went to Canada for six weeks mm. and I missed the whole of pre-season and I missed all that bonding with the players. I missed all the pre-season games. I came back, I think it was like a week before the start of the season, so I'd missed everything. I'd, I'd kept myself reasonably fit, but... I'd lacked that match practice, so I'd already got off to a slow start. And as a striker, I think at that point they had four strikers, and the other ones had already hit the ground running, were scoring goals, were playing. I'd I had, had no opportunity really, and I just I don't know. I just I just struggled a little bit. I think it wasn't it wasn't what I think I hoped for. You know, I really enjoyed it in terms of the players and stuff, but I think the thing you know you're up at Banff on a Monday night and you know I was used to just going to Cove you know I, I, I at that point worked in Altons I used to leave my work and it'd be on park within a couple of minutes now I was having to get to the other side of the city and up to Banff now it was a bit of a change but it was just I think it just didn't work out it's one of those ones that just doesn't work out you know I should have stayed it was funny because Cove that season then won the league so the season I left they, they won the league and you know, I remember a few games we played against them. I remember we, we played them at, at Allen Park and I was playing and Tyndall gave me an elbow at the side of the face after about two minutes. So that was the sort of welcome back to Allen Park. <laughs> so this big egg on my face and I think I think it was two cent off after about ten minutes uh, because of the incident. So Tyndall always still tells me that it was a fair challenge and that he was going for a ball, but... I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll wait and I'll see what everybody else thinks about that one. But yeah, Devonvale was good. It was like a really good club. I, I went up. I went up there actually. Was it last last season? I went up there and saw Stuart McPherson and you know went in and everyone was like, "Oh, good to see you back" and things like that. But it just didn't work out. You know, at the time 
Greg was Greg was a real different manager, I think. You know, from what I was used to, he was very much, you know, mm. I remember one game, I think it was it was just, I can't remember, Mikey Ewan was playing, and I think he'd scored two, and he was away to take a penalty, and he took the penalty and he missed it way over the bar, way, way over the bar in a half time. <laughs> Greg said to him something about you're never taking power, something about penalties, and, and Mikey turned around and said, even the best players in the world miss penalties. And Craig just went mental. He was like, are you trying to tell me you're one of the best players in the world? Are you? And then, so I went to try and pin him up against the wall. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, is this, is this what's going to happen? Uh, so I just, obviously, John had a temper on before, but it wasn't, wasn't really as bad as that, you know? But it was definitely a fierce environment, the, the dressing room. You had a lot of big characters in there. Uh, and you know what? We probably should have done better because we had a really good team. We should have we should have really challenged better for the league that year. Yeah. Um. So so looking back at your football career, um, what would you say was your was your highlight? Oof, good question. Uh, I mean, the, my whole career. I mean, I think representing my country when I was younger was obviously was really special. Yeah, I think you know playing. It wasn't a full Tyne Castle, but playing England at Tyne Castle was pretty special. I think winning the league with Keith was was remarkable. I mean, I still remember that last day where you know we, we got beat by Brora, <laughs> and, and at that point Brora weren't as good as they are now, mm. and they beat us four three, and and we believed that that was us that we'd lost this lost the league in the last day, and it was only you know you got to remember back then there was no texting and and live Twitter updates and, and things like that. You know, to, uh, we had to wait for the Frisbee score to come through in the tannoy. And, you know, it came through and I think we were all still in shock that they hadn't won. And at that point, we all sort of looked at each other and went, we've, we've won the league. And, you know, that night out was just unbelievable. Uh, so that that was a really special moment. But, you know, little things like, you know, just, you know, scoring your first goal for Peterhead and, you know, scoring goals for Cove and, and playing some really good players. You know, I, I, I loved playing football you know and and I, I hate to say it but everyone always says oh play as long as you can and mm. you know I, I I probably retired quite early I would say and I remember people saying all that and I'm I'm now that old man Manny saying play as long as you can but they, they seriously do you know you, you know you should try and play as long as you can because you know that traveling and that camaraderie and that you know training and and the banter you, you, you should just enjoy it for as, as long as you can, really, really. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you get into the um, sport media? What was your first gig that you got with that? Uh, first, first, well, how I got into it was, was I was, uh, well, sort of came around from when I got injured. I, I was needing a job <laughs> and, and I knew of a company that was, was working in, in sports media. It was, it was called ABC and... I just tried as hard as I could to get a job there, and luckily enough, I managed to get in. Uh, and, and I still remember I was having a laugh with Dana the, the other day, and I remember going up. It was, we were on our way up to Wick at the time, and I'd got a message through saying, "Would you like the job?" And I remember, and I remember one of the guys in the TV was like, oh, "I didn't want to work there. I didn't want to do this." And I was like, I was quite excited, but then I was like, "Why is he saying that?" But then, obviously, went and and I took the job. Uh, and you know, I was there for about maybe a year or so, and the sort of first sort of major gig would have been the Champions League final in at Hamden, mm. uh, Real Madrid against Bayer Leverkusen. So that was the first sort of in at the deep end 
gig if, if you say uh, I still remember it it was a, a, a rather nervous first job I would say yeah. um, so how, how how did you find in terms of training and, and video editing and, and stuff like that how did you did you pick up quite quickly or uh, yeah relatively quickly I think the thing I had was I had a football brain and I sort of knew how the game worked and I knew I knew football and uh, and I could understand football and that gave me a real head head start I think from from maybe people that didn't know it and I, from there I just I'm the sort of person that if I've, if I've got a focus on a target I really really go for it and that's what I wanted to do I set my focus on I wanted to be an editor and I wanted to film football games and I just worked as hard as I could I was in at the weekends I was working late I was just doing as much as I could to basically suck as much knowledge out of these people as I could to, to learn how to do it. And just little things like, you know, sitting in late, maybe work, working with somebody on an edit. And you just, the thing with that is you, you just learn every day. And if you've got the right attitude to, to say that you are going to learn every day, you, you're going to be successful. Yeah. So what, what do you think the, the biggest thing you've learned over the over the years you've you've been travelling across the world to, to f- film different games? The biggest thing I've learnt in terms of what? In terms of... Um, just in terms of, like, the industry or, or just generally? I think, I think for me is you've got to be adaptable. I think you've got to be able to adapt to different situations. You've got to remain calm and you've got to remain professional. You know, a big thing... Is, is attitude and application. I mean, you know, that's you know, huge for, for me is, you know, you've got to have that right attitude right from the start to, to be able to want to do things and have the right enthusiasm. But, you know, having the right experience, you know, staying calm and, and re- remaining professional because some of the situ- situations you can be put into can, can be very surreal at times and you've got to just be able to focus and, and focus on what you're, what you're there to be to, to do if that makes sense yeah so so how d- how did you deal um like with meeting different famous football players was it quite surreal at first and, and then you get kind of got used to it after a while yeah you do you do get used to it it's a bit of a bizarre one because people always say have you met them and you're like yeah i have <laughs> and it, you know i think for i think initially it was it was just bizarre you know we'd like craig brown would like come into the office and you know he was a Scotland manager at the time, and he'd just wander around, have a coffee, and be polite. And you know you'd have like John Collins would come in, and you know you just started becoming aware of these like famous players and and coaches. And then once you started going to major events and going to UEFA events and FIFA events, you were bumping into very famous people. But the, but the thing is, they are just normal people. Mm. They're just normal people like. But you and I, and you know the the sort of common thing that we all have is that we all love football, and so I could talk football with with people for hmm. for hours on end. And a lot of these people are just the same. You know, you're, you've always got to I don't know, you've always got that common ground, and you know people are always interested in Scotland, and there's always you know the amount of times we've talked about Aberdeen, Real Madrid, and things like that, and you know it's it just it, I'm not saying it wears off after a while, but you just become used to it if that makes sense you know you, you if you're in a lift with somebody or you're interviewing somebody you, you just remain professional and 
it's just it's just part of the job now, I guess. But it was definitely weird to start with. I have to admit, it was definitely strange. But yeah. Um. So so who who would you say is is the the biggest star you you've spoken to? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, there's a huge range. I think I think Fergie's a big one. I think Fergie's. I'll, I'll tell you a, a funny one about well, not a funny one, but uh, when Cove were trying to get into the league mm. back, I'm trying to remember when it had been, 2006 maybe, round about that time I think. Mm. Uh, maybe I can't remember, but we we did a video for Cove, and it was all this sort of this is what we're going to do, this is the stadium. I'll have to try and dig out, by the way, because it looks exactly what they've done, but it was a few years ago. Uh, and we sort of wanted to basically get people to endorse it. And I remember the club, I think it was Alan McRae, managed to get Sir Alex Ferguson to do a, an interview. And it just so happened that he was up in Aberdeen at the time. So I remember one Sunday morning, I had to go over to the Markleth and meet him, just on my own. And... I mean, you're obviously nervous. You're sort of like, what, where am I meeting him? What am I going to do? So I remember just going into the reception and he was having his breakfast. And I was like, oh God, I'm just going to have to wait here for him. And uh, once he'd finished, he came over. So I introduced myself and I was like, well, uh, explain what we're going to do. He said, well, what, could we go down in the garden? So we went down in the garden. It was just me, me and him uh, just there. And about a month or two months, two months later, he'd actually sent me a letter uh, and he sent me a letter to say thanks for scouting the uh, football matches because we basically had all these satellite dishes at work. So we used to send a lot of the teams uh, analysis of both teams that were going to play in Champions League and things. So we always sent Man United games. So I would go in on a Friday night and I'd pick up some games from Portugal and send them down and... I never sent them to Sir Alex Ferguson. It wasn't as if I was sending it to him. I was sending to the scouting team and everything that. And then one day out of the blue, I got a letter in to work and opened it up. And it, it was a letter from Sir Alex Ferguson. I've still got the letter. It's up, it's up in the wall at work. And dear Keith, thanks very much for all your help. It helped us win the title, all this blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, he's, he's never written that himself. He doesn't know about it. And when we were sitting at the garden at Marcliffe, we started talking about it and he was sort of, well, well thanks for doing this and that. And I was like, I remember sitting thinking, this guy's just won everything and he's talking about us sending videos down the road to Manchester. So mm. that was that was kind of special. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive Arsenal fan, so it was a bit of a, a strange one at the time. But uh, yeah, Ferg, Fergie would probably be up there. But, you know, I think, you know, there's been a few instances. I remember we used to do a lot of work with, sort of elite coaches and we used to we used to go all the Champions League finals so what they did at the Champions League finals was the following day they would have a meeting with all the top coaches to talk about the season hmm. and it was always brilliant because it was always really good and I remember I think it was 2006 it was in Paris and I remember going down to the meeting room and, and my job there was to, to film some of them chatting and, and interacting but, but confidentially not really recording what they're saying because they were really you know talking about some really confidential things and basically playing videos and talking points and things like that. But I remember in the room, you know, you had people like Rafa Benitez, mm. uh, Arsene Wenger, Alex Ferguson, 
I can't remember everybody, but I mean, for me, that's the that's the bit that you you're sitting there, and and you're listening, and you're listening about everything, and I just love that because obviously I'm a massive football fan, and you just got to meet these people, and I remember it was Rafa Benitez came up afterwards, and he was like, can can you send me all the goals from the Champions League? I was like, yeah, I can, I can send that straight away, uh, and it was just yeah, you just meet some meet some really really famous people uh, I met Thierry Henry who's obviously a massive idol of mine I met him after the World Cup in 06 and you just meet people you, you just meet people as you go but as I say a lot of them are just normal yeah you just you know remember yeah there's probably too many to list but we actually another funny one is do you remember David Beckham started his own soccer academy oh yeah so we actually went down to the launch of that so we basically filmed it all it was down in london and i remember him arriving but what i didn't know is what he basically it was like a corporate thing for all the banks and things but he put a special guest manager for all the teams who's basically his mates so basically in about half an hour it was like john terry zola uh basically the, the top players in European football turned up and Beckham uh, which was just a bit bizarre all having this uh, indoor managerial career and I remember Beckham turned up he at that point had the long blonde hair and he just like silver chrome tracksuit on and yeah that's just, that's the sort of moments you think god this, this is this is pretty cool yeah. so so mo- moving forward obviously you, you won't be out doing events at the moment um, but what are your um, ambitions in terms of the next few years and stuff yeah it's it's a tough period at the moment we are we are surviving which is good uh so a big ones for me would be world cup in in, in 2022 uh i think that's a big aim in Qatar. i really want to go i think i've been to the last i think i've been to four of the last five world cups i think it is so i want to go to that one uh it's a bit of an unknown obviously with with the vaccine and things, are these events going to take place? Yeah. Are we going to be able to travel all over the world? Who knows? I really hope so because there's some really really good football tournaments in, in the offing and some really good projects. And listen, I love traveling the world. I love going to different countries and I love experiencing new cultures and meeting new people. And yeah, hopefully next year we can get back to that. Thanks for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to us on Podbeam and iTunes.